Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the latest Coleman Had a Dream World Cup podcast. We are going to be talking to you today about Wales's first game of the World Cup against the USA, which is happening on Monday. I am joined, as always, by Ruth. How are you doing, Ruth? Good. That's suddenly very real, isn't it? Monday. I know, it's crept up. (laughs) Yeah, it's no longer like next week or something like that. It's just like, this is a few days away now. It's a little bit surreal, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Everything good with you? It is surreal, yeah. Yeah, it's been a busy week, quite a week. My birthday at the weekend. Um, I started training for a new job this week. My husband heard on Tuesday that he got a new job. It's been his birthday. So all in all, it's been a really hectic week. Um, go. But trying to, yeah, obviously trying to keep up with, with what's happening over in Qatar uh, as best we can from over here. It's good. That you, can, you can feel things ramping up here as well. You know, more items on the news, more more talk. I think people are... Starting to starting to focus properly on the World Cup now. What about you? Yeah, good. Thanks. Been been a bit busy here. My wife Joy's been away for a couple of uh, well, for about a week or so, just over a week on on like working in Malaysia. So I have been in sole control of the house, and more alarmingly, the dog. Uh, neither of us have burnt anything down, and both of us have survived to tell the tale. Um, so that's a bonus. But yeah, just um, to be honest, I, all I've been thinking about and talking about and writing about and doing anything about really is uh, is going away tomorrow. Which again, we're talking about that making it sound real. Like tomorrow is really quite close um yeah it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's surreal that it's kind of here and um, i i wanted to mention one more thing which is relatively surreal as well i looked through my facebook memories today and uh, one of the things that came up five years ago today ruth was that that was the day we recorded our first ever podcast was five years ago today so you know happy podiversary uh, people that have been with us for five years, thank you. They'll they'll remember Costellos and the bar oh, yeah. and the and the fire brigade that always <laughs> seem to drop in. And yeah, no, it's, it doesn't. Part of it doesn't feel like five years, does it? And then part of me, my God, we've been doing this for forever. I know it's funny, isn't it? Like you, when you think about, like you say that the Costellos and I think the first time we did this, we recorded this using the microphone on my laptop, and we just kind of leaned into the computer screen to talk whenever we needed to. Uh, and now we've got. Uh, well, I was going to. A professional setup relatively it is a vast improvement on what it was um so yeah it's a big change equally um i also saw today by complete coincidence this is our 150th podcast as well that's, that's amazing actually that's isn't it? mad isn't it? all things considered yeah thir- that's 30 <laughs> 30 a year i mean if, if you i don't know how we could prove or disprove this but if you've listened to all 150 of them uh for, thank you obviously but um i like is there is there something wrong with you um do you you know do you, do you need do you need to do more stuff um but yeah thank you to, to everyone who has listened to to all of our to all of our podcasts over the years and uh if you have listened to all of the 150 thank you very much you are uh you are a, a strange type of lunatic but we very very much appreciate it um Ruth, um, we are sponsored. An appreciated lunatic. Yes, yes, as, yes. yes. We are very grateful for your lunacy. Um, Ruth, we are sponsored by BagsyBags.com, um, someone who is making some fantastic um, jumpers and T-shirts and bags and cups and mugs and all sorts of different stuff, uh, supporting Wales. It's all Welsh language stuff. Um, if you like Bagsy's bags, 
uh, Bagsy stuff, go like I say, go to bagsybags.com and you can use the code CHAD10 for 10% off your order. In doing so, that also helps us as well. We get a little slice of that, which helps keep this podcast going, keeping it free as well. And also, to add to that, if you do want to support us, please uh, consider going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Coleman's Dream as Debbie Spindler, I think is how you would say her second name, did uh, last week and uh, kind of donated and, and supported us. And we are very, very grateful for you doing that. Thank you very much indeed. Um, that is my that is my admin done, Ruth. Shall we talk about, and you know, drum roll please, Wales' <laughs> first game at the World Cup for 64 years? Whoa. That's amazing. Yes, let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Um, before we start, I think I, I just want to know how you're feeling about it all. Like, are you excited? Are you nervous? Like, I, I know we are both quite superstitious and nervy people when it comes to the game. So I'm intrigued to know how you're doing. I'm all right. I think actually having that strangely busy week has helped. Yeah. Um, the heroic is cu- cutting in something <laughs> terrible, though, yeah. I'll be honest. Um, just, you know, spending a lot of time watching and re-watching lots of FAW videos and uh, my favorite so far is um is like where's what where's Rodden in an almost sort of where's Waldo moment <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that one in the in the photography shoot um yeah no I'm just I'm obviously trying to engage as much as I can from over here it's you know you you I, I think I'm I think the anxiety is starting to build now. I think I've got past the kind of like the excitement of we're going and it's real. And I think now I'm into the nervousness. Um, I've, I've found where I'm going to go and watch the game. I've connected with the American outlaws here in Eugene. So I'm off to join them in a pub called the Bierstein in, in Eugene. And I get the feeling that I'll be, I'll be in a rather small minority. Wow. Um, so well, we'll see how that goes. That's really cool. Well done. Um, I, that's quite brave of you, I would say, Ruth. Yeah. If, if if that was me, I would be staying away as, as far away as possible from the American fans. But uh, I suppose it'll be good, good, good to have a bit of atmosphere and uh, and a bit of back and forth on the day. I suppose. Well, that's that's what I was thinking. I think it's the one it's the one occasion where I'm actually going to be able to have some real atmosphere. The Iran game is at two a.m. here, so I'm not going anywhere to watch that. Um, and then I don't think I want to miss with a west coast england crowd to watch that game <laughs> particularly so i'll go and join i'll go and join in with the with the yanks while i can yeah I would, I would make the most of that for sure um i suppose when we play england the Amer- americans will be playing um iran at the same time so i suppose if you went to a bar there and found somewhere that'd be willing to put the wales game on as well as the america game then there would still be some uh, some decent atmosphere for you there what time that's gonna i suppose that's still gonna be in the morning for you is it like yeah that's about that's about 11 o'clock i mean i'll go down and find a bar but i'm not particularly gonna look for a heavy duty kind of footballing bar for that one i'll just yeah. find a quiet corner i think for that yeah. one i just suppose you don't want to be surrounded by english people that would be absolutely yeah, awful. yeah um, i can't do that no understandable <laughs> Um, I wondered if you saw, actually, I was going to text you about this to, to remind you, but I obviously forgot. But I was wondering if you saw there's um, like a, t- a talk show thing on American TV. I think there's a podcast or radio thing as well. Something with, is Colin Cowherd? Is that is that the guy? Do you know who I mean? No, I don't, but carry on. Excellent. Um, well, he did um, <laughs> uh, like an interview uh, with an American uh, football player, like soccer football player, um, and talking about you know who to kind of fear, and it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. They kind of bigged up England, obviously, 
bigged up um, the difficulties of playing Wales and Iran to a certain extent, which was interesting. I also found it interesting they were saying like if they're talking about making a run in this tournament and I and I wondered if that's the kind of general feel in America because these guys would you know were, were genuinely thinking about quarterfinals and semi-finals here and I and I don't know if that's the general gist or if that is without wishing to be too cliched you know the American ness where everything is hyped to within an inch of its life. I I think it's more the latter. Okay. In that um, the the tendency over here, and we, we touched on this in, an, in a recent podcast as well, is that you have to kind of talk it up to bring in the, non, the non-soccer audience, as it were. I think folks that follow football over here, uh, whether they're particularly following the MLS or they're more focused on, you know, European club teams or South American club teams, but, you know, folks that follow soccer over here, I think, have, have a slightly more measured approach to how the US is going to see they see this as a building block towards 2026 I I think they see it as a very even group but I don't think they would be surprised if the Americans either had a very successful or a very weak tournament I think they can they can see the team right um either kind of gelling and actually really pushing on which they're eminently capable of doing or just being a little bit too young a little bit too inexperienced I'm, I'm using this as a building block and I think a lot of people kind of shilly and shally between those two points of view um the one of the problems for the for the for the for the timing of the world cup just from a media point of view over here is obviously you're really ramping up American football season at the minute the college games are just drawing to a close so so the sports Fans are very used to having a full kind of American football focus at this point in the year. And I I don't think that's making it easier for the World Cup to kind of shoehorn into people's interests. And I think that might be leading to a little bit of the hype that you were talking about. Right. Um, And also, I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily, because I think you want to try and get the market moving given they're going to be the hosts of the next World Cup, they've got to, you know, it's got to start somewhere. That momentum's got to start somewhere. So I, I don't think it's a bad approach per se, but I think it's I think it's a nuanced approach for the audience because I think folks that they're just looking to grab, almost like the passing viewer, because these guys happen to be wearing an American badge, you've got to have a different message to them than than the folks that are actually immersed in soccer more regularly. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I just it's interesting because I think the way they were talking about the the games and their team were obviously talking about Pulisic being um their kind of star man and and obviously, you know, that's 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 fairly predictable I suppose, but um I was quite surprised they didn't really mention many others as part of that conversation. We'll I suppose we'll get on to we'll get on to the the ins and outs in a moment, I suppose. Um there was one other video that I wanted to reference, as you mentioned there on the FAW stuff. I loved the one of, of, of well, everything with Cliff Jones is amazing anyway, but the one of him <laughs> chatting to Gareth Bale and he, like, he constantly referred to him as son. Um, I don't know why I enjoyed, yeah. I enjoyed that so much, but I really, really did. And um, it was just so nice. And I think the way the FAW has done these things has been so well thought out and having the squad announcement in Tylerstown and the links to Jimmy Murphy and, um, and all of this stuff, I think it's just been so well done and, and connecting, um, you know, Cliff Jones and and uh, who was the other person who was there? Was it Terry? 
Med- um, Terry Medwin, Medwin, that's Medwin right. was there as well. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. connect, connecting those people is is fantastic, really, and the way they speak to each other, interact is is so refreshing. I think, and and I think something you wouldn't kind of get anywhere else. I mean, you know, look, you know, heaven forbid, you know, that the the Prince of Wales would want to come to Wales and he's spending his time with <laughs> with, with England instead. I mean, we've don't got, get me started. Yeah, on we've, that. we've got our we've got our very own uh, Cliff Jones doing a better job. So I suppose uh, there's there's no uh, there's no harm in missing that particular. Uh, I was going to say something really bad then. No. I'll just go dickhead no. and leave it there. Um, let's move on. Uh, Can I... Go on. Just while we're talking FAW videos, have you seen the chat that IG and Rob Page had in Tyler's Town? After, like, after all the ceremonies were done and the, like the formal stuff was done, they just did a sort of onstage Q&A with the, with the audience. I haven't seen that, no. The, no, that's worth watching. It's a good 20, 25-minute piece. But it gives you a real insight into Paige. It's actually really interesting. Okay, I'll, I'll give that. A, was that on? Is that on the FAW's website? I, I'll, I'll it like must on be. YouTube it or must something. be on. I must have probably got it off the FAW Facebook page. Is my guess where okay, I came okay. across that. Okay. Um, my last question before we actually, you know, start talking about the game is the important one. Uh, this is the sort of stuff that people tune in for. I would say with us, Ruth, <laughs> is what are your thoughts on their little matching outfits? <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of goes with the territory that you're going to have a, a team, like it's normally a team suit or something, isn't it? Or at least yeah. blazers and something. So I kind of like the fact that we've moved away from that. We're being a little bit more um, true to our football heritage, perhaps is the way, the way yeah. to put that. I'm not so... I'm not so keen on the actual design, but I'll I'll live with that. I like the, I like the idea. It was funny. Um, it's funny, you know. I I didn't realize they were from Marks and Spencers, yeah. and uh, and I and I my my friend texted me and said, "Have you seen this?" I said, "Honestly, the green kind of faux denim jackets would yeah. look like something my mum has gone into Marks and Spencers to buy me for Christmas and gone, oh, that'll that'll be nice." And uh, <laughs> and then I didn't actually realize it was from Marks and Spencers, but yeah, I, it very much gives off that vibe. I uh, yeah, I think they are absolutely hilarious. But uh, I did uh, I, I'd like I did like that it was casual rather than a full than a full suit. I'll, I'll yes. be honest. Yeah, um, I mean that part of it that 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 works for me. And then given relationships with sponsors and all that sort of thing, the rest of it I'll just let let wash, wash over me. I think it's the premise I like. Yes, I, I would agree with you there. Um, right, Ruth, this is the the moment we have been. Uh, oh, there's one more thing I wanted to add on uh, current on, <laughs> on current affairs. 150th and true to form. <laughs> yeah, there we go. So there you are. We are 15 minutes in now, Ruth, and we haven't talked about the actual football, um, which is uh, not even a record for us. Um, I, 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 did you see who we have been followed by on Twitter today? I have no idea who it's. It's seven a.m. in the morning, Dave. Come on, I have no idea who we've been followed by on Twitter today. Well, I mean, it's obviously fairly interesting. Otherwise, I wouldn't I, like. I, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not my mum. Um, it's. Um, I was. I was going through, and obviously, um, people in school know Amar Ohid because I've I've sung with sung it with the kids, and I was kind of sat there doing uh-huh. something with my uh, tens, and uh, my phone kind of pinged, and I looked down, and it said, "You have been followed by David Uan. and uh, oh, lovely. He is now. Oh, that's made my day. There you are. I I can I can I can I can hear the smile through the uh, through the microphone roof. 
Um, so yeah, I'll oh, off, David. Yeah, there you go. So I thought that was great. I went and told my colleagues. It was so funny. I went into the staff room. I was like, "You'll never guess who we've just been followed by." And I said, "David Yuan." And one colleague was just like, "Oh, bloody hell, that's amazing, mate. That's so cool." And the other music teacher, who knows about the song and who's written it by, because like we've taught it to the kids together. We're just like, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know what that is. I was just like, "Oh, bloody hell." <laughs> Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that very much made my day today. I'll be honest with you. Anyway, okay, enough uh, aimless waffle. Um, let's start looking at uh, the game. Obviously, we're playing against the Americans on Monday, our first game of the World Cup. Wow! And it is ten o'clock Qatar time. I think it's going to be seven o'clock in the UK. Um, how how are you kind of feeling about the game? Is are there any kind of results? around their recent performances, Ruth, that kind of stand out to you in a, in a good or a bad way? Well, I mean, if you just look at results, it's, it's, it's fair to say they haven't had a great year. They, you know, ultimately they qualified for the World Cup in, in third place in the, in the CONCACAF League and, and only got that on goal difference over, over Costa Rica. Um, so it's not like they've, they're coming in on a great wave of momentum. They've they've played a few friendlies since qualifying. You know, and, and take take friendlies at face value, obviously, but they were defeated by Japan. They had a draw against the Saudis. They had a draw against Uruguay, which, you know, that might be a more decent result, beat Morocco. Um, you know, all teams that have qualified... Uh, so it's not like they're coming in on a kind of wave of momentum. They've had a couple of CONCACAF uh, Nations League qualifying games, drew with Ecuador in one of those this year. Uh, that would have been September, I guess. Uh, but but all in all, their momentum's a little... Well, there isn't much momentum there, it's fair to say. Um, and I think I they remind me of us... Do you remember the very first round of Nations League games where we played the Danes and we were very hot and cold? We had a couple yeah. of we had a good performance against the Irish and then we didn't look much against the Danes. Um they they feel like they're a bit at that stage, you know, where they're still yeah. finding their way a little bit. Can can hit it well on a day. And I, I don't want to downplay where they're at. If we're not if we're not at our best, that you know, we'll be in trouble. But but equally they're not. <clears throat> excuse me they're not they're not really sort of riding in on a high either yeah it's interesting because I thought that uh, I was going to say similar things myself but obviously then if they were to look at our recent form they would probably say the mm -hmm. same against about us with, exactly the same thing the Nations yeah. League. so yeah. there is there is definite context there I want to come back to the two friendly games in a sec but the one thing that really struck me as you say is that they only um, beat Costa Rica on goal difference they had more goals scored um, but they also over four over a fourteen game qualifier only scored four more points than Panama, and when you kind of put that into context, you know they only scored four more goals than Panama. They're not a team, I would say, in in different form, and you can take that from both sides, us included as well. Aside, I don't think they're they're a, they're a team at the minute who are kind of striking fear into my into the into my heart the way that I thought they might when I was. Mm -hmm. when I kind of originally considered it. And I think a lot of that comes from those friendly games. I watched like extended highlights, you know, given the exciting life that I lead um, against <laughs> the USA and, and uh, the, the Saudis, sorry, in Japan. And they did put out pretty much full strength teams. There were a lot of subs in the second half and 
about the 60th minute on, the game became very disjointed and a lot of subs. But the first hour was a was a genuine competitive game uh, on on both mm-hmm. sides, and I was really interested in how difficult they found it a lot of the time to keep the ball at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was my main kind of takeaway from that is that I I do think those friendlies yes but I I think those results are kind of genuine results if you know what I mean I think they are quite representative of of their situation and I think you know you you look at it and I appreciate you know, like I said there we've lost games we've lost four of our last five I think but if you yeah. look back at that if I take the Nations League game against Grenada out the way. In their last one, two, three, in their last four matches, they've scored one goal. Mm-hmm. They've conceded three. And I just feel like they're not, you know, I'm not, I don't feel threatened by them. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, they're a decent yeah. side. I'm not, you know, trying to downplay this too much, but I recognize they're a decent side, but I'm not kind of threatened by them in that, in that way. And I think a lot of that is, is down to how, the, how they play. How, how do you think they are going to, kind of set up because they've been looking like they've been kind of set on this 4-3-3 formation yeah that's that does seem pretty set I think they've you know their their strength is kind of you know Pulisic McKenna the obvious peoples uh the obvious folks Adams um oh excuse me um the the they do seem wedded to the 4-3-3 so I don't think we're going to see anything different um I think think they like to think that their strength is up front. Um, you know, whether they play Weir or Aronson, maybe I, I, I would favor Aronson, give Brendan Aronson, given how he's been doing at, at, at Leeds, but the front three should be, should you feel on paper should be strong, but then they don't seem to quite be gelling somehow. And that's echoed in what you were saying about the number of goals scored. Um, I think, we have, a, with our wing backs, with the speed that we're going to have from Robertson and, and Nika Williams, I mean, I think we, we kind of assume that they're playing. I feel like, and this is, I'm going to sound like my dad, but, you know, getting in behind them, I think we've got a good chance there. Yeah, um, so I, the back line is... It's a bit ordinary, really. Does that make sense? Oh, no, I think that's I'm where their concerns yeah, are. I'm in full agreement. I, I actually think, looking across a lot of their team, like you said there about the strikers, or the attackers, shall we say, yeah. kind of not being, you know, they're not mad, you know, free scoring when they're up against no. a, a decent opposition. And I think, and I think a lot of that is because of uncertainty. I think they're kind of mixing and matching yeah. a lot of the time who they're playing. And there's not a set number nine. The person who starts up front is not the person who starts up front every time. I think the only person who's kind of yeah. set in the lineup, if you like, is is Pulisic, who is obviously a good player. Um, I'm not kind of downplaying him, but I feel like there's no natural kind of chemistry there. Whereas I think we are kind of wedded to whatever, you know, plays. I think there's going to be a consistent two or three or four of our attacking lineup. Um, mm-hmm. I think the one thing that I find interesting about how they play is that they are dead set on on getting fullbacks forward and almost that attacking that midfield sorry three but almost becomes a five when they get forward yeah and yeah. And, and and supports and then the, the the wide kind of forwards if you like like Pulisic kind of the idea is for them to kind of cut in so if, if you know if someone does get a cross in there's there's three people in and around the box at, at all times is kind of the aim um 
and I think and, I, and I'm interested in that because I think us playing five at the back and and obviously very attacking wing backs I think they will definitely leave space to exploit and I like DeAndre Yedlin who will likely play right back for them maybe the guy um, mm-hmm. Robinson I think who who plays for Fulham he might be another one but they they will both leave spaces both yeah, very I think very Dest, attacking Dest might play as well and he's he's prone to that too so I mean I I think there's definite areas of their game which they are looking to be the most uh, explosive parts of their game if you like which I think in turn play into our biggest strengths at the same time mm-hmm. um which yeah. which I think is really really interesting um I mean we've talked about what we what we're worried about there to an extent is there anyone other than Pulisic who you kind of think jumps out at you that you're scared of for want of a better word um I don't know I'd say scared I mean McKenney's having a up and down time at Juve. There's no doubt about it. But when he hits it right, he can he can control that central midfield. I think there's um, there's a synergy between um, Aronson and Adams, which I think we're seeing at Leeds, and I would be surprised if they don't exploit that. Um, <laughs> Gio Reyna, I mean, he's very young, but he might be one of those. You know, there's always a player, isn't there? That's that's eighteen, nineteen in a World Cup and and takes the group stages by storm and then kind of peters out. There's always someone that falls into that category, and I, I wonder if he might be the player for this group that does that. Um, yeah, I can he's see not that. so fa- he's not so favoured. Um, in in terms of the you know the re, the recent games he's played in, but I think I think the, the the experience that he's gaining very quickly at Dortmund may mean we might see him in more games than we expect in this in this series. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, like you say, McKinney, he's played eleven times for Juve this year, which is not bad, but he's not mm. started many of them. He's only he's played about fifty percent of the of the minutes he could have, um, which which says a lot, I think. In the same way that Rayner, uh, you know, is, he's made he's played he's played ten times, scored two goals, but again, that's only he's only about twenty five percent of their kind of opening minutes. Um, mm. He's only started two of those ten games, so. Again, I I do think you know these kind of attacking uh, attacking these kind of key players for them. I also think are, are not you know regulars at, at club level. And I think are still kind of inexperienced. You know, I said there, McKinney's twenty four. I think uh, Rayner is twenty. I think so. You know, uh, there's a lot of inexperience, relatively speaking, in that. And, and again, they're not kind of gaining too much experience at the, at the moment yeah. um, at, at club level. So I agree with you. I think Tyler Adams is the one I'm worried about, with, like especially um, we'll have a, a bonus pod coming out with the head or the president, in fact, sorry, of the um, American Outlaws, the Boston chapter. That'll be coming out uh, the day before the USA game with our friend Chris Reed, who's been on the pod before, and he talked excellently about Tyler Adams. He's the one I'm kind of worried about. I think he's... He's kind of like Joe Morell, I think. He's there, Joe Morell, in a lot of ways. He's very all action. He kind of gets around, and his job is basically he's a you know he's a good passer of the ball. Um, he's got a great work rate, but his job ultimately is to give the ball in the right place to people like Pulisic and um, and uh, uh, oh my god, my mind's gone completely blank now. The other lad up front. Um, and and I and well, I, they've got they've got the choice up front, haven't they? You could you could you know. Ferreira might be the closest they have to a number nine. They may play Weir. They may play Rayner. You know, they may play 
Aronson. I, th- I think there's a lot of uncertainty. Although they're, they're quite wedded to the 4-4-3, I think there's a lot of uncertainty about what that means from personnel, particularly at the front. Yeah, Aronson was the was the guy I was thinking about. My, my mind went blank there. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that, you know, it's going to be really interesting. I think if we can stamp down so to speak on their midfield and control it through Adams uh, and through McKinney or whoever else kind of plays in that central role I think will be where the game will be won or lost for us because I I'm, I'm, I think if we cut off their supply line uh, that's that's obviously going to limit them but I also think that that's going to kind of ruin the flow of how they play as well because I do think they are very gettable at the back and I think they will um, leave themselves exposed at, at certain points uh, in the game depending on especially how if, if they if they need a goal you know if we're chasing if we're if we get one nil up I think they will they will leave spaces in behind them and I think the game will become quite open which will which will very much suit us um how do you think we can get at them I suppose is the is the big question I think well I I think it goes back to what we were saying about the wing backs a little earlier um, I don't think they're as solid at the back. And I think they leave they leave Reem and Zimmerman a little bit exposed at times, assuming they're the centre-backs. Whatever the centre-back pairing is, they, they, they can leave them a little exposed at times. Um, I think that Eunice Musa, who plays for Valencia, is perhaps more integral in that central three than, than we've acknowledged so far. Um, I, I I think we've got to watch what he's doing. My worry is that without without Joe Allen, and I think it's looking increasingly like that we'll be without Joe Allen at least in this game. Um, I you know I, I, I'm concerned that we are putting out not an inexperienced midfield pair, but just quite what midfield pair we go for. Um, I'm less concerned about moving Ampadu from central D into holding mid as I might have been because I think in fairness to Chris Meppham he's had a much better season than we were anticipating uh, and I think a, you know a back three of Rod and Meppham and Davies would be would be fine so moving Ampadu in as a kind of key holding midfielder I'm a little less concerned about that than I might have been I would pair in with Morel um but then it's you know are we doing a two against three undermanned situation that we've we've seen happen on occasion? Yeah, I mean, I, we'll we'll come back to talking about us in a, in a in a mm-hmm. sec. Um, the, in, the the midfield area, like we've just said, there is is definitely the key battle. I think. Um, yeah. Having like I say, having watched some videos and whatever else, I I think the big way we can get at them is pressuring their back line. They, you know, against Saudi Arabia, they, you know, the Saudis really pressed them high up the pitch and coughed up the ball very, very often. Could not take, you know, the Saudis couldn't take any of the chances they had hatfuls of chances um, just from mistakes in the back line when they played Japan they lost 2-0 the first goal ultimately comes from a high press turnover there's a bit of play that goes on from there but only about 10 seconds I think passes between the high high pressure turnover and and the goal being scored so that is definitely an area we can get at them I think the one thing I'm worried about in midfield in, in return to us is their aim is I think to sit in, keep the ball at the back, look for spaces in behind then and kind of attack with pace. And I think they do that through their midfield. They want to get it out wide to Pulisic and, and really kind of try and exploit any spaces we leave by or anyone leaves by 
pressing onto them. So that's their aim, and I think they are very good at that. You know, they are a quick side, they are an athletic side, they are a physical side, and I think they will get forward quickly. And I think that for me is why, even if Joe Allen is fit, I'm I'm just not sure bringing him back into that sort of what I think will be quite a hectic mid- midfield battle, I think will will possibly not be the best for him. So I too would go for Ampadu um, in, in that. And if we need to bring Allen on to kind of shore things up later in the game, perhaps then I think that's a great option to have. I'm just not sure I'd be starting him. Um, I, I, I think even if he's passing all the fitness tests, I'm not starting him yeah. in this game for, for the reasons you've explained. He's, you know, he's, he, he seems like, he, as you say, would be more valuable if we need 15 minutes of really defensive midfield play yeah. in, at the end of the game, if we're going to use him at all. Yeah, I agree. Um, we've had a message from Nick Latham, who firstly has congratulated us on five years. And he says, he's, he says, always a great right. listen. I'm sure that tonight will be no exception. I'm sure Nick <laughs> will not be saying that 15 minutes in when we're still talking absolute nonsense. <laughs> Uh, but there you are. Thank you very much, Nick, for the message. Very much appreciated. Um, the question he's asking is, do you think we start with Ampadu in defence or in midfield against the USA? Um, I think I think we're both in the similar sort of boat there. I think we'd both start Ampadu and, and for me, Morel. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've, I've, I've been looking around about how, how ultimately I think the aim is going to be to get Bale, Ramsey, on the pitch together at the same time. And, and and for me, I think the only way that that happens is if we play Ramsey, Ampadu and Morel as sort of a three with Ramsey as an eight slash 10 kind of pushing up when we've got the ball and, and dropping in and making it a genuine three when we don't and having Bale and James up front. We did that against Italy uh, in the in the last game of Euro 2020, and for, you know I appreciate that Ampadu got sent off, so it's not a great advocate for him there. But um, I, I think that that you know I think the system and the principle was right there, and I think being able to bring on Kiefer more that physical threat later in the game if we need to, I think is a powerful one. I think the way to get at them is to have that pace and mobility up front in Daniel James, and and hope that Gareth Bale can you know you know when when and when and if they cough up that ball in in that sort of way that we can kind of capitalize on that um and i think again having the high wide press that we can use with with nico williams and connor roberts i think that again will be another good way to kind of pin them back and, and pressurize them so i think that's what i think we will do it's sort of a three in midfield with sort of a two up front um and ramsey going up to so join them so it's more of a sort of five three two if anything. Yeah, I think I could be wrong. Or even a, or even a three five two. Yeah. I think that's what we yeah. did against Turkey yeah. as well, um, in that second Euros game. So there's we definitely know that you know there's goals in that in that setup as well. So yeah. I think that's yeah. that's what I think we will do. And I think that negates their three in midfield a little bit and I think it also suits us in terms of getting after them and pushing up higher up the pitch and it means that we get Ramsey and Bale on the pitch um in the same in you know, in their favoured positions as well. So I think that kind of ticks a lot a lot of boxes and I think it will it's a competitive side, but it's also got a real you know, dynamic attacking threat as well. I th- I think if you'd have asked me three or four weeks ago, I might not have gone for this because I was more concerned about Ramsey's fitness, but he's obviously really come on quite nicely in, over the last couple of weeks at Nice and started several games. And, you know, 90, 90 minutes, I don't think, is an, is an issue there as the way it might have been a month ago. Yeah. Um, I, I can't see us doing anything different at the back than the... Th- the three 
the, the three plus the two wing backs. I think that's where we're at. You know, we, we've had bigger arguments about whether four at the back is more appropriate because it gives us an extra player further up the field. And blah, 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 blah. But I just don't think we'll go in there. I think we're playing five at the back. And on that basis, against the team with the energy that these guys are going to bring, you've got to have two sort of somewhat sitting midfielders on the basis that you want to be able to throw Nico Williams and Connor Roberts further up the field. So you're paying five at the back, but you're almost doing it sort of five centrally, as it were, like three central D and three holding midfield. And that's almost your five at the back. And then you're giving Williams and, and Roberts a much freer role down the edges. I can see it being more that sort of pattern than a standard five at the back, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, I think, and I think on that basis then you you need a bridging player between in in, in our scenario Ampadu and 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 Morel and and Ramsey fulfills that very well and then you've only got two people to you know, you've only got two places left at that point and I think if you're if you're playing two I think James and Bale make sense I think if you can you know if you can make it to three then you bring more in my concern on that scenario is we score more goals with more on the field yeah and, and and so I always have this dilemma of how to get him on the field, and I I, I just I I'm with you. I don't think I don't think he's a starter in this game, particularly because it's a game we don't want to lose. And we explore this a bit more with Chris in our discussion with him, don't we? That I think both teams maybe it might be a bit of a blah draw because I think both teams are perhaps more invested in not losing it than winning it. Yeah, I think so. And I, and I think the other thing that I like about this particular system as well is that we can make it a 4-3-3 without any kind of jigging around. We can bring off a centre-half, put more up front yeah. and go back to a normal 4-4-2. Um, uh, go back to a normal four at the back, sorry, like 4-3-3. And I don't think it involves anyone else doing any other different roles then. We've just got another mm-hmm. attacker on. And I think, again, yeah. that's something that will be really important, that flexibility if we need it. And... Um, you know, we've talked before about that, the Denmark game in the Euros, the last 16, that tweak in midfield and not reacting to it. And I think Paige has showed in this campaign, the Czech Republic away game, I think is a good example of that, where he, we needed a goal and we went after the game and he made a little tweak and, 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 it, and it was effective and we got us back in the game and, and, you know, we were unlucky not to win that game really. So I think that flexibility will also kind of play into his mind, I, I would say. Um, the big question, uh, other than our midfield battle, Ruth, is who... Not who will who would you not who would you play, but who do you think will play in goal? Oh, I've I've I'm really struggling with this one. I think it'll be Hennessy because I think Paige has a lot of trust in him. The fact that he that he did so well coming in cold in the Austria and particularly the Ukrainian games. So I don't think I don't think there's a fear of him going in. Uh, to a game with such limited club playing time, I know, I know he was it a uh, was it a league cup game he started ten days ago or so, um, but otherwise there hasn't been much going on. Uh, I think if you're just looking at it on paper and you're just looking at what the, the the two of them have been doing recently, you you should be starting Danny Ward. I mean, 
given how Leicester started the season, for him to be the goalkeeper with the, the highest number of clean sheets in the Premier League is astounding. It shows what form he's been in over the last six to seven weeks. So I think, I think, I feel bad for Danny Ward because I don't know what else he can do. Um, but I think Paige will start Hennessy. Yeah, I agree with everything you've said there. I think... I think you probably should start Ward, but I think you will start Hennessy. And I, I said I was. On, I don't think it's a on. problem. I don't think it's a bad problem. I, ex- I explored this with Art, who is the the guy that I, as you know, but I'll just explain to listeners that um, I interviewed a, a, a journalist that writes on Iranian football, and um, that'll come out as a special just before the Iran game. And, and we explored that. It was a question he posed to me as well. And you know, we 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 just discussed how it's it's a nice problem. I mean, I don't think we're really losing sleep about whichever one of them starts. No, I, my only worry with it is as well. I'm worried. My only thing with it is, is that I think it's sort of a, a situation where Rob Page kind of can't win. Like if if he picks Hennessy mm-hmm. and he makes a mistake, everyone <laughs> will say bloody hell, Danny Ward's in form. If he picks Ward. And Ward um, makes a mistake. He, everyone says, "Bloody hell, Hennessy was the man. You know, got us over the line. You should stick with him." And then, if if either of them have a cracking game, no one's going to say, "Fair play, Rob Page, you made the right decision there." Like everyone's just going to say, "Well, yeah, of course he had it. You know, that's that's what we expect." So I, I do think he's kind of in a maybe not a lose lose is a bit excessive, maybe, but a, you know, I think he's um, in a in a funny situation there. Um, I think it's it's going to be a super tight game, isn't it? I think. There's a lot of um, fine margins to be to be had here. Um, I know, obviously, Ruth. People tune in for our high quality predictions. <laughs> um, do you know? I, 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 if, if, I, the, uh, the wonderful irony is the times you don't bet on something, you just randomly say, "Oh, well, this and this." They, they suddenly come in. You put you put a, a, a pound note on anything, and it's. <laughs> It's a mess. Yeah, if I put a pound note on it, it's 1963. But um, I know I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry my age, but uh, I like the imagery of it. No, I do know what you mean. I, it's it's so tough, isn't it? I do wonder if um, I was thinking about this yesterday. I do wonder if over the years, if we had put a pound or similar on every prediction we'd ever made, um, you know, what would be our wins and losses uh, column there? Because I don't. I don't really remember too many times when we've come back and we've recorded a, pa- a match <laughs> review and gone bloody hell. We were spot on with the predictions, weren't we? Like that. That never happens. Um, but that's so, why we watch sport, isn't it? That's yeah. why it's not a stage play. Exactly. You know? the that's why we enjoy it. Um, so, with all that dilly dallying um, <laughs> said, Ruth, can you give me your score <laughs> prediction, please? I'm actually quite fearful that this is going to be a pretty dull draw because I'm, I am worried that both teams are more invested in not losing than winning. So it would not surprise me at all if it turns out to be a 1-1 draw. Um, I do think, however, that we are eminently capable of winning this game. So I would like to think it's actually 2-1 to us. Yeah, I I think a, a draw is probably the most likely result. I think if I were going to put money on it, which I'm not, don't worry, uh, I would go for nil-nil. <laughs> um, I think there's two teams that might cancel each other out. I think if, 
it was a one oddly, I'd be quite. I'd, I'd take a one-one because at least I would have seen Wales score. Whereas if it's a nil-nil, I appreciate it's the same outcome points-wise. But if, if I've travelled all the way to Qatar and I haven't seen anything, I'd be fairly upset. Anyway, um, I think I've having looked at watched their videos and and you know done some digging on them and, and whatever else. I think just in principle, fundamentally, I think we're a better football team than them. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate that's a dangerous thing to say. Um, on on this podcast, but I I think it's going to be won by one goal, and I think it's going to be won by us. I think we are going to win it one nil, um, mm-hmm. and I think I think it's going to be later into the game when things are kind of getting a bit, everyone's getting a bit tired and a little bit stretched, and and I think and I think that's when we'll be able to kind of ring some changes, bring on Johnson or more or something like that, and 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 do something and bring someone on who can change the game, which is something I don't think I the absolutely- Americans can do. I actually, we haven't discussed our bench versus their bench, but I think actually our bench versus their bench might be where we win this game. I agree. I, I, I totally agree. And again, I think we've got people who can, who are real, genuine game changers. And I think if more comes yeah. on, for example, it changes how we play. Um, yeah. And I think that. I mean, when when you consider the team we were thinking of starting, we haven't got Johnson there. We haven't got. Um, Harry Wilson, we haven't got more. You've got all of those options to come on. And I think that's a strength that they don't have. Yeah, I agree. I think a lot of their players that they can bring on are much of a muchness. I think there's no one who's better than the other. I don't think there's one who particularly has a big change of style of play in them um, like we do with more. So I agree with you. I think that is where there might be a bit of a difference made, to be perfectly honest. And I think that's why I think we'll nick it 1-0. It's my uh, utterly futile bet, I'd imagine. Um, (laughs) Um... I uh, I don't think we have we have much else to add. I do want to say thank you one more time, sorry, to all of our writers who have been producing some fantastic stuff over on ColemanHadADream.com, uh, where we've got a World Cup special page. As I say, all of that is sponsored by BagsyBags.com. Um, we've had loads of different people stuff. Will want, people on. will want to know when Joy's next Twitter takeover is, <laughs> based, on the, based on the fact that she's had one of our more popular articles on the website. Well, it's, it's funny, you know, a few people have actually tweeted me that saying, when's that happening? And I, and I, I post some of, our, some of the articles that we do in some other of my WhatsApp groups. And one of them's like um, one of them is one of the Newcastle groups, and I every time there's a broader football article that we do, I'll I'll post that in there as well. And yeah. uh, the first thing that someone responded without even reading the article was, "Oh my God, when is she doing another Twitter takeover? Can, <laughs> can you get her to do it for? Can you get her to do it for Wales England?" And uh, and I did toy with that idea. I, I feel like people might take that far. To, we'll be taking that game so seriously. Um, yeah. that I think Joy's tweets may not be uh, universally popular. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think what we'll do is I'll see if we can watch... Uh, we'll be watch, we'll watch a game um, together at some point later in the tournament, maybe. And uh, and I'll get Joy to do a Twitter takeover for uh, for one of the games. So that will definitely happen. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, That's great. Yes, I just want to just go back to... I just want to say a big thank you, as I say, to everyone who's done the articles. We've done some previews. We've got some stuff talking about other groups. Obviously, Joy's piece, my wife is talking about um, all sorts of things about, you know, sexism in football and, and domestic abuse and all sorts of different stuff. It's really uh, interesting look um, at things. We've got some poetry on the website and some videos to go with it. It's a real broad range of stuff. So thanks to everyone who's kind of contributed to that. And please, please do go to com and look for our World Cup section. And, uh, and 
you can find you can find stuff there that hopefully will will keep you occupied. We're going to try and put something new out every day, uh, at least over the group stages, either a podcast or uh, we've got something on YouTube or um, something written. So hopefully there'll be something new uh, that will be on the website or that we're producing every day. So again, just a big thanks to everyone who has contributed to that. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add, Ruth? No, just add my thanks to that, obviously. Um, and I think uh, it's not just, uh, you know, make the point that it's not just Cymru focused. I mean, Chris has written a really great couple of pieces exploring all eight groups, for example, which really gives a nice overview of uh, who to look out for in each group and, the, and, you know, some key games to get on your calendar and things. Particularly enjoyed reading that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a load of great stuff there. So please do go to commonhandadream.com and have a look. Um, thank you for listening, everyone. We are sponsored by bagsybags.com. Please go there and use the code CHAD10 to get your 10% off. Uh, and again, consider supporting us, keeping this podcast free at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Coleman's Dream. Um, thank you very much. Um, I'm flying out to, we're recording this on Thursday. I'm flying out to Qatar on Friday. Um, me and my mate Ant going straight after work, um, driving home and and uh, and then getting on the train and going to the airport. So I'm, I'm sure a few uh, a light refreshing beverages will cross our lips as we uh, as we pr- prepare for the overnight flight to uh, to Qatar and meeting the boys there. Um, big that was one more thing. I knew there was one more thing. Was a big well done to um, to Gol Cymru and Lee who have set up a a great party out there uh, the day of all of the games. Uh, I'm going to me and the boys are going to the to the party before the USA game. So if anyone's around there, please do come and say hello. Um, I'm looking forward to that. It should be great. Hopefully, going to meet some people out there as well. So yeah, I just can't believe this is actually happening. I can't believe it's finally here. <laughs> it's uh, it's mad. Isn't it? I'm so excited. Yeah, it's, uh, it's surreal. It's surreal to say the least. But yeah, can't wait. Anyway, I'll, we will shut up. Thank you very much, everybody, for your time. We very much appreciate it. Uh, and we will be back soon. We've got um, a preview coming from Chris Reed before the USA game. Uh, and equally, we have specials coming before each of the group games. And we will be doing a review. I think our aim is to do something after the Iran game. But there'll be some drunken nonsense uh, from Qatar from me coming out at some point in the next couple of days as well. So uh, please keep your eyes and ears peeled. Um, thank you very much for your time, Ruth. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>